step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Can writing be a tool for greater consciousness and activism? What if we could use writing to wake ourselves and the world up? Well, Megan Warrod is here to share her story about how writing served as a lifeline for her through death and grief, and then took her to the other side of the planet to write a book with about adolescent girls growing up in the slums of Uganda. So are you ready to meet her? Megan Walrod, founder of Live Your Yes, is an award-winning author, copywriter, book, and business coach. Over the last decade, she supported hundreds of women entrepreneurs and helped them build profitable and purposeful businesses. She supported clients in writing sales pages that generated six and seven figures, creating books and chapters for compilation books, one of which has won some awards, and created stories that touched the lives of thousands. Recently, she co-authored a book with adolescent girls entitled, We Have Something to Say, True Stories from Adolescent Girls Growing Up in the Slums of Kampala. Her current writing adventure? A novel. And you can find out more about Megan and her work at MeganWalrod.com. Megan, welcome to Out of the Fog. Karen, thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here again after all these years. Has it been a really long time? It does seem like it's been forever. It does. Several different chapters we have both lived. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think I think that's very true. You yeah. have I've I've always thought of you as someone who writes beautifully, write a gift for words and for putting things um putting things out there in a way that change people's perspective. What happened that made write, writing a lifeline for you through death and grief? What is that about? Well, for me, there was, I had this exquisitely bittersweet experience three summers ago where we, my family, we got the call to come and be with my mom. She wasn't expected to make it through the night. And so we flew to all be together and we had these 12 days with her before she took her last breath. And there was so much richness in those experiences, as you might imagine, there was this joyful reunion of family being together. And then the reality of why we were being called together to be with my mom as she prepared to pass over. So there was grief and anticipatory grief and joy and writing had been my connection to my inner voice and guidance for decades. And so especially during that period of time, those days leading up, 
the day that my mom took her last breath and died, the days following, there was so much grief and yet this aliveness that was asking to come through me. It was like life was calling to me for more, like more life, more engagement. And writing was the way that I let all of this move through me and onto the page. I get this image as I share this with you, Karen, of being somehow a surfer where it's like I could either pick up my pen and paper and write and try to surf that wave while surrendering to it or just let it like rush over me, you know, because sometimes in those moments of grief, it can feel like it's so much. And so writing was my way to let it move through me without drowning. What in, especially in that time when things were so raw and so much was changing, how did you practice writing? Was it little, I have little post-it notes of little things that I've scribbled everywhere. And then every once in a while, I put all those post-it notes into a big bulging folder. Did you have, did you write little bits at a time? Do you sit down and write for long periods? How did you do that? Especially when it was so raw. There was a bit of the both. And so I do have a story about the post-it notes yet that came a little bit later in the early stages of the grief when it was so so raw, as you say, there was, for me, morning time is always this precious, quiet time where where I'm up before sometimes it seems like the rest of the world is. And it's in that space and time that I feel like I can hear myself the, the most and have the most space and bandwidth for me before I'm turning my attention to clients and those other things. Although it was another thing about that, though. So So for me, it was like journaling, whether I was writing longhand or fingers to the keypad, it was just whatever was really required. Sometimes it was an hour and it would just come through me in a wave. Otherwise, other times it was just a few minutes here and there. And I talk about that morning time as that precious time. And yet grief can be so unpredictable. Grief can arise in the midst of the day of tending to clients. Grief can arise in the midst of a call with a client. Grief can arise, you know, purchasing something in the grocery store and being reminded of my mom's favorite food, you know, or that kind of thing. And so often it was having that morning time as my buoy would assist me when grief would unpredictably arise in the midst of my day. And it was like, I always knew whether I got off the call and could take a few moments, just be with my heart and the emotions. It was that morning practice that really gave me the space to express it all. How did you, how was your writing a through line that then led you to Uganda? How, how was that connection even made? So that brings us to the post-it notes and the experience of the grief and the clients. When I returned to Colorado after being with my mother and my family in New York through her passage and the funeral, I returned to Colorado and I just, I could not move forward with life as usual because everything had changed. The the death of a mother is a rather big experience. I don't know if either of your parents are still alive or if they've crossed over. That's my folks are both still in the body. Okay. Okay. So for me, I returned to Colorado and I have my own business. I can work from anywhere. And I just, I could not move forward as business as usual because everything was different. And I, so 
so I went on this long story short, I went on this big road trip. It was like my own kind of pilgrimage. And during that road trip, I started to feel the universe was inviting me into something. And it felt just like a whisper, a glimmer, a glimpse of something. And one of my dear friends at the time put it in the language of it sounds like your soul is inviting you on an adventure. So I started listening and I started asking questions and I started diving into this deeper in my journaling of what is being asked of me. And I started being in the questions of, you know, the experience of death of a loved one can get us really in touch with our own sense of finite timeline on this planet. And I started asking, so what am I here to uniquely contribute? What is mine to give? What is mine to experience? The universe, show me. And I began to see these breadcrumbs that I would put out on post-it notes on the one whole wall of my cottage started to be post-it notes. I started to feel called to the other side of the planet, but where would it be Africa? If Africa, where in Africa, or would it be Peru or would it be Australia? Like, all the different places that were calling to me had a post-it note. All the different causes that were calling to me got a post-it note because I felt so called to be part of a bigger mission, a bigger beyond my ego, Megan Walrod self. I wanted to give my gift in service of something that would make a bigger difference. And so the post-it note had all these different ideas, places, and over time, these breadcrumbs started to reveal a vision of being on the other side of the planet, side by side with brown-skinned women and children, engaging in daily activities with them, like planting seeds and growing gardens, such a metaphor, and contributing my gifts and receiving whatever they had to share with me. And that led me to volunteer for a nonprofit called Girl Up Initiative Uganda in the capital city of Uganda, which was Kampala, because they were involved in empowerment programs for young women that really inspired me. And I wanted to be a part of that. And so it was the journaling, the listening, the following, that calling and the breadcrumbs that led me to Uganda. I remember seeing on Facebook that before you left on that trip, you shaved your head and I looked at your picture. And first of all, I was glad that you have a really beautiful skull. Some people shouldn't do that because their skulls are funny. You have a beautiful skull, my friend. Um, I will never shave my head. And that's because I have a pointy skull. And I don't think we need to see that. But you shaved your head. That is that such it's the, one of the oldest images of pilgrimage. It's one of the oldest ways that we show I surrender the outer woman to the inner whatever's moving inside and i saw i saw that and thought wow she's really she's going she's going on pilgrimage so did you know when you did that first of all did you know that you had a good shaped skull that maybe is the most important question and second <laughs> no. did, did you know that that you would take your writing with you and that this book was going to be something that would come out of your time there great Great inquiry. And for myself, and this will tie in the shaved head, when I was doing that exploration of the like dwelling in possibilities, I was 
exploring the post-its and all the different possibilities, there was also this soul project idea that was like a seed quivering in the earth whose time has not yet quite come, but it's, it's letting me know it's, it's waking up from its slumber. And I had had an idea a decade or so previously to that of traveling the world and hearing women's stories and collecting their stories into a book, knowing that our stories have so much wisdom and so much value. There are heroine's journey tales and that when we can share them and read them, we weave the web. Our, we see both our differences and our similarities. We feel more connected and less isolated. And I wanted to be a web weaver, but at that time, you know, a decade or so previously, I felt overwhelmed by the vision. I didn't know where to start, where to go, who wanted their stories shared, all of that. So the vision went underground until then at this phase, my mom having died, me being in my grief, me listening to life. The seed of this idea was trembling and yet it wasn't, it was going with me to Uganda. And the, the shaved head was all about the awareness that one, I wanted a physical sign that I was in mourning. Mm. There are so few rituals in our culture that for someone who I'm not religious, so few symbols and rituals. And so shaving my head for me was both an acknowledgement of grief. Like my mom is not here anymore and I know she's still with me, but it's different. I can't just call her. Yes, I can talk with her at any time, but it's different. Yeah. You know, I had to go through that adjustment of discovering how I could still be in a relationship with my mom. And there was grief because it was different. Simultaneously, shaving my head was also a reminder to myself that every day is a blank slate, that every day I can create my life anew, and that even though my mom was dead, I was very much alive. In fact, that was one of her last parting gifts she gave to me was the reminder that I am still alive. Keep breathing. How much more of this life am I willing to receive? And so I went off to Uganda with the shaved head, with this, this vision of volunteering, of engaging with these girls. Turns out the majority of the girls had shaved heads too, because <laughs> it was a hygienic thing for them. And so they loved that I had a shaved head because they had never seen a white woman, a Westerner, a foreigner with a shaved head. So it was quite a, a bonding experience in some ways. And as I was meeting with the different girls going through their programs, because I wanted to hear their stories, one of the girls, Catherine, age 14 at the time, said, I want to learn how to be a voice. I want to be a voice for the voiceless. That is what Girls is teaching me how to do. But first, I need to learn how to be a voice for myself. Mm. And when she said that to me, I got major truth bumps, goosebumps. And it was like my past self, several weeks previously, I'd written in my journal, I'm going to be a voice for the voiceless. And it was like my 
my previous past self with the idea of writing a book, a collection of stories, it was like my past and my present and my future in that moment were all just like resonating. Like now is the time. These were the girls. I was the one. This is the place. This is happening now. And so it's just this reverberation <laughs> through time. And, and within the next 24 hours, I was reaching out to the founders saying, I have an idea. And I told them about the book and they just said, yes, let's do this. And it took on a life of its own. You're listening to Out of the Fog, and I'm talking with Megan Walrod. She is the co-author and facilitator of We Have Something to Say, true stories from adolescent girls growing up in the slums of Kampala. And you can find out more about that book at wehavesomethingtosay.org. Now, going through this book, which is um, has not only the beautiful words of the girls themselves, but also has spectacular photography, was there a theme or something that especially struck you as you were pulling all this together? There's, I hear a lot of universal things in there. I control my own body. I control my own path. I can be a voice for what is true for me. One of the strongest things I read in there that I think maybe even moved me the most was someone who said, I've learned now to say no with my mouth, but also say no with my eyes. What are some of the things that you took from those girls who contributed their stories? These girls inspire me so much. And I love that you have this book too, and that you've seen their faces and read their stories. And the theme that carries through both the book, their stories, and the training they received from Girl Up Initiative Uganda is all around empowering them to know they have a voice, they get to have choices with anything and everything that impacts them, their body, their education, their lives, their futures. They're growing up in a culture that has told them and treated them as second-class citizens that their place is in the kitchen, that their place is to get married as a teen and raise children. They're often excluded from family meetings, community meetings, anything that still impacts and involves and includes them, they've been excluded from. So as they go through this year-long training, they are encouraged to express their voice And this was a big theme too, Karen, is that they're taught in their culture to not make eye contact, to not speak up unless spoken to. So they will often, if they are even able to be at school, they won't make eye contact with the teachers. They won't raise their hands. And so through this training, they discover that they do have a voice and that it's invited and it's welcomed and that it's actually important to the conversation in their classroom, in their families, in their community. So they get to practice standing in front of the other community of girls that they're going through this program with. Sometimes it's a classroom full of 60 girls. Other times it's a fuller group of 200, 300 girls. And they get to practice talking in front of these groups and like realizing they're being listened to and they're being called forth to share what do you think about this? What do you have to say? And so for me, one of the themes that runs through this book is acknowledging the power that it is for each of their girls to be sharing their story, 
having their stories shared with people around the world, having it read, knowing their stories is evoke, are evoking tears and laughter and joy and a sense of hope. It's like them getting to see they're actually impacting something because they have the courage to share their story and to their story and themselves alone is, is huge. I mean, it gives me chills. Now, I know we only have just about five minutes left together, and I and I want to be sure I draw that. To me, this is all of a piece. This is you and your life changing and shaving your head and going to Uganda. And it's about your, the things that weren't spoken now being spoken and creating new things in the world. I'm hearing about the girls there who are sharing their stories about finding their voices. You have a Facebook challenge coming up. Um, I think at the end of August, that is designed to help those of us who are also working on finding our voices, those of us who maybe also feel like there's something in this that we want to say, but we're a little afraid to make eye contact, to use that metaphor. Can you share that? Tell tell the listeners about that. Yeah, so it's a five-day Facebook challenge that actually will be occurring September 9th through the 13th. Okay. And details are on my website and it's really designed. I've been really designed to challenge women specifically who know they have a story to share, who know they have a message to deliver in the form of a book to really give them the support, the confidence, the tools to show up and write it. Because there are a million different things that can distract us and stop us from showing up. And the challenge is actually called Shut Up and Write Already. (laughs) It's all about shutting up those voices that we hear inside and outside about, you don't have something to say. Who are you to say something? Why would anyone listen to you? And it's saying, shut up. Thank you very much to those voices and getting support to really listen to that story that wants to be told. Listen, start a whole new kind of conversation with our book that can invite in that writing to be an intimate wake-up call, both for ourselves in the writing of it and the ripple effect of sharing our message out there. It's like the, the impact, the ripple of this book, these girls' stories being shared. It's knowing that our voices matter, knowing that we do have something to say, and supporting women in getting out of their own way so they actually can be even more present with their, their wisdom and their gifts and giving them the tools to get that out on paper and into the world. I love it so that we wake up to our gifts and our lives yeah. and our feelings and our voice and our power to change yeah. our paths. I am all over that. How can people find out how to um, <laughs> sign up for the Facebook challenge? Great. So you can go to my website at meganwalrod.com and there will be an invitation right there on the front page for how to sign up for the Facebook challenge. And so along the way, there will be writing tips and support and the invitation to come and join the private Facebook group. And the conversations that I've been having with women writing their books have been so healing and transformative. And I say again and again, writing a book is so much more than writing a book. And we unpack more of what that actually means during this challenge and beyond. And And I'll give you a hint. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really about listening to that voice within and honoring that. And this is free, correct? Yes. Free yes. to all comers. Absolutely. It's wonderful. Yes. And I can I know our time is slipping away. Megan, thank you so much for being on the program. You're writing a novel. We haven't even talked about the novel. So that's going to be for next time. But thank you. Okay. Thank you for bringing your voice and your inspiration to mm-hmm. the program. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Karen. Oh, you're you're welcome. That is Megan Walrod, who has a beautifully shaped skull and who is the <laughs> co-author and facilitator of We Have Something to Say, true stories from adolescent girls growing up in the slums of Kampala. You can find out more about that book at wehavesomethingtosay.org. And if you're interested in Megan's work, you want to find out a little bit maybe about that novel that she's working on, what's happening with that. If you want to sign up for the free Facebook challenge that starts on September 9th, you want to go to meganwalrod.com. That's M-E-G-A-N-W-A-L-R-O-D.com. And of course, you're always welcome over at karenhager.com. That's a great place to find out about what's coming up next on this radio show, about upcoming classes and events. You can even book a private intuitive session with me if you are so inclined. And if you believe, as I do, that when we use our voices for good When we let go of some of the outer things that keep us from seeing each other clearly, when we move past hate and division and focus on peace, that things really can change. If you believe that, I invite you to check out openpeacefulheart.com. There are lots of free guided meditations for you to listen to on that site, and that's where you'll get information about the free monthly 15-minute guided meditation call that my wife and I host with people from all over the world where we gather just for 15 minutes, no selling, no yelling, no politics, 15 minutes of meditation focusing on peace in our hearts and peace in the world. All of that is at openpeacefulheart.com. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>